just a word about the uh, the situation in the Hearts. We should also remember that the situation obviously affects fans like myself and and players. But uh, Hartlepool is a substantial employer uh, in the city, and uh, like other clubs who've gone through that process, uh, it's a great time of anxiety for the employees in the heart of Logan. Uh, and the one comfort I would have, would have at this time that other clubs have gone through it and emerged at the, at the other end of the, the tunnel and that's what I fully expect Heart of Lovian to do. We've been around for a long time, I'm sure we'll be around for a, a long time to come. Now turning to uh, brighter matters, and that's probably the first time in Economic Forum I've been able to say that, uh, I think while there's no complacency, none whatsoever in terms of this government, in terms of the approach to the economy, we can look to some substantial achievements. And some of these achievements, I would say, have been contributed to in a very productive way by this economic forum. I'm going to talk about youth employment, and I stress I'm going to talk about youth employment, and then I'm going to talk about some of the other indications in the economy. I'm not going to... We'll have... Ian Wood is going to talk to us about the Commission for Developing Scotland's Young Workforce, so I'm going to let uh, Ian do a lot of stress on youth employment. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the other successes within the economy at the present moment. I'm then going to identify which uh, areas we have still to tackle, which are the uh, areas where work still has to be done, uh, some of them subject to the, uh, the powers of this government and the uh, contribution of this, uh, this forum others where uh, we can set forward an aspiration. Uh, and then I'm going to make an announcement which I hope will be of some interest uh, to the forum, uh, but also comes out of uh, some of the ideas which have sprung from, from previous forum. I'd like to start by just having a think about the labour market at the present moment. I think I think that uh, some of us, unfortunately, uh, are able to remember the, the session of 1979. Uh, and that... Uh, was until the last few years, the deepest recession, certainly since the Second World War. And therefore it's appropriate to compare what happened then with what has happened over the last four or five years. And the, the remarkable thing, the most remarkable thing perhaps, and the most unexpected thing, uh, you know, obviously I, uh, my career, I'm an economist, and, uh, you know, about laying all the economists in the world end-to-end -end and never reaching a conclusion. That's also true. You could lay all the economists in the world end-to-end, -end, you'd never get a correct forecast. But I think just about every economist has been taken by surprise, to one extent or another, by the resilience of the labour market through this recession. Uh, because the drop in national output in 1979 was much less than it has been over the last five years. And yet, by 1984, the rate of unemployment in Scotland had reached 15%. In this, right now, uh, the rate of unemployment in Scotland is marginally over 7%. And that's been a huge difference between this recession and previous recessions. Now, there are uh, a range of explanations for that, and I'm going to go into some of them in a, a minute or two. Uh, there is obviously underemployment in the economy. There's SDC and... Uh, uh, the Scottish Government published a very interesting study this week which examines some of the trends in underemployment. But it's not true to say that the recent strong recovery we've seen in the labour market is due to part-time jobs. Some people say that, but it's just totally inaccurate. Uh, if you take the year to January to March, there was an increase of 44,000 in people in jobs in Scotland 
41,000 of these 44,000 were full-time workers, 2,000 were part-time workers, and there was no change at all in temporary employment. So the recent improvement has been soundly based uh, on full-time work. And the recent improvement which all of us should take most comfort, satisfaction from, is this spectacular improvement in youth unemployment in Scotland, and indeed in youth employment trends. Just to illustrate how considerable the achievement is in Scotland, uh, this is a, a table here of the, all of the European Union 27 countries, and comparing them with Scotland, in terms of youth unemployment. Right at the top is Spain and Greece, where youth unemployment is over 50%. Then there's a whole nexus of countries, most of Eastern European countries, Slovakia, Bulgaria, Poland, where unemployment among youth is at 30%. Then you come down to the uh, Scandinavian uh, countries, the uh, Estonia, the Baltic states, where, and the UK for that matter, where unemployment among young people is at 20%. And then right down at the bottom, that's the best bit, that's top of the table, if you like, least youth unemployment you come to Scotland at 15%, Malta at 14%, and the top four, Denmark, Netherlands, Austria and Germany, where uh, youth unemployment is around 10%. Uh, so, you know, to have the sixth lowest youth unemployment across the European continent is a considerable advance for Scotland. But I think Ian will talk a bit about some of the things that are happening as far as that's concerned. But what I want just to say is this, that we've had huge engagement, and particularly Andrew <coughs> Constance, as you remember, appointed as Europe's first youth employment minister 18 months ago, has had huge enga engagement across the, the sectors, across the large businesses in Scotland, the small businesses in Scotland, the third sector. We've had a Team Scotland approach embracing uh, STUC, employers, local authorities, which has been highly successful. There's a whole range of reasons, I think. I don't think it's any one magic bullet that explains these trends. But just to say how important they are, and I know each and every one of us is fully committed to this cause. I mean, last week, uh, I went to Miller Carrigan Engineering in Ayrshire. And I went there specifically because of a proposition and a proposal which came out of this forum when we discussed youth employment just over a year ago. And that was the argument that it's not as easy for small companies who are the biggest employers in the economy, to take part in, for example, apprenticeship schemes, because a commitment even to one apprentice is a huge commitment for small companies. Uh, and it, uh, the feeling that we had to find a way to, to engage the small company sector and make it more possible uh, for the small companies to engage in the, the drive against youth unemployment. So I went to Miller Carrigan Engineering, a fine engineering company in Ayrshire, in Irvine in Ayrshire, employees, about 30, 35 employees, uh, and uh, announced uh, last week uh, an £88 million scheme with Scotland's local authorities to offer a wage subsidy for up to 10,000 more young people into employment over the next couple of years. Uh, talking to that company, it's now Miller Carrigan are, uh, are sorting every bridge in Scotland at the present moment. And now that I've mentioned it, and I said I would promote them at <laughs> this, this meeting, if you, if you go to Keswick Bridge or the, the Fourth Road Bridge or the, the New Bridge, you'll see their signs and you'll start to, and they actually have workers in every single bridge 
in Scotland at the, at, at the present moment. And what they told me was that a few months back they were going to take on two youngsters uh, in uh, this programme. And then they interviewed the youngsters <clears throat> and they were so impressed by the outstanding quality of the people coming forward that they decided to take four. Uh, and I spoke to all four of these uh, young people last week uh, and they are absolutely walking on air. Actually, quite literally, because they're several hundred feet up <laughs> in, in the bridges around Scotland at the, at the present moment. But to, to talk to these youngsters about how this has transformed their outlook in life, a couple of them had a, a few false starts in uh, employment with what we might describe as jobs of limited prospects, uh, keen to work, and are now, uh, well, one, one lad after a few months has done his first welding certificate, he's well on his way to, to full qualification, another is gouging, uh, which those of you of an engineering bent will understand full well, which is fantastic for making lots of sparks, and, uh, and it's what they've always wanted to do, and their entire lives have been transformed. Uh, and all of us know that uh, there's nothing better, nothing better, than seeing youngsters in that position. So I'm going to leave a lot of this to, to, to Ian to talk about the work of his uh, commission. Uh, but what I wanted this meeting to know <coughs> is that uh, there has been a substantial input and a substantial success in that national Team Scotland approach <laughs> to driving against youth unemployment. Now, you know, it's not a one where there's no doubt there'll be bumps along the road. We've got another whole cohort of school leavers coming on to the, the jobs market. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, if we accelerate from the successes we've had to date, uh, then we can uh, not just keep our, our position in fifth, sixth top of that uh, table of employment for young people in Scotland, but drive our way to, to the very top of the European table. That should certainly be uh, our ambition. And we should reflect that we have a record number of full-time students in our colleges and universities and higher education at the, at, at the present moment. We should reflect that our apprenticeship scheme, our 26,000 almost apprentices across Scotland, we now know for the first time that 93% of these youngsters are in employment six months after they complete their apprenticeships. So we actually know for the first time what actually works in terms of the initiatives. But all of these things would mean nothing. You have as many initiatives, if you liked, if we didn't have the full, wholehearted cooperation of the <coughs> organisations represented at this economic forum. The more genuine economy that most of the indicators are, are picking up well, uh, some people said that uh, we'd be so preoccupied by constitutional debate, and in Scotland, I'm trying to remember who it was, it was the Chancellor Exchequer said this a year past November, that uh, he'd been speaking to companies who were worried about investing in Scotland and he thought this would have a very severe effect. As we know from the Ernst Young survey, uh, last year we achieved our best inward investment performance in terms of projects for 15 years. And I can tell you from the projects that are going through uh, at the present moment, this year is going to be equally, I hope, I hope, even more successful than that uh, sparkling performance uh, as Ernst Young. So perhaps uh, you know, some of the uh, prophets of doom, who uh, may or may not have uh, ulterior motives for saying such things, it should have a look at the figures and reflect on how attractive Scotland is uh, for key investments, key sectors in energy, renewable energy, life sciences, and a number of other sectors we've identified as having fantastic uh, engaging prospects. Issues that we've still got to confront. <coughs> the Banking uh, Commission uh, 
Parliamentary Banking Commission issued its report today and uh, correctly identified uh, that the role and purpose of banks is to ensure a transmission mechanism of lending into the economy. And you know, whatever is done about uh, the retail banks, that is what the focus should be. You know, the focus should not be to wipe a billion pound off the shares of the Royal Bank in the space of two days uh, by interfering in who the chief executive is. Uh, the focus should not be um, in terms of the structural change. The focus should be entirely on how structural change will enable that transmission mechanism to be re-established. That is the purpose and should be the purpose of banking uh, reform. The issue of availability of finance, although legitimately the banks point to the demand as well, but nonetheless the availability of finance at the rates that's available is still a key strategic issue uh, in the Scottish economy. It's still an impediment uh, to uh, recovery. Uh, capital investment, the NPD programme in Scotland has identified some <coughs> uh, spectacular and I think hugely successful ways for the Scottish Futures Trust to enable us to pursue a capital investment programme in the face of direct capital cutbacks. Uh, and it's done it in a way which is infinitely superior to PFI in the past, but any revenue-based stream always is subject to delay uh, because of the various procedures that have to be gone through. I happen to think that the Schools for the Future programme, for example, is the best schools programme in capital investment we've ever had in Scotland. And I commend anyone here to go and visit one of the Schools for the Future and look at the design. The design, incidentally, is consistent throughout the country. That's one of the reasons that the cost of these schools is much less than capital cost of schools in the past. But the design is, is built for a, a school for the 21st century. They are schools for the future, and I would commend anybody to go and have a look at these schools which are rising across Scotland at the present moment uh, and see a design which is uh, practically based uh, as well as being fully equipped for the, the modern age. But we would do well to be able, for example, in Scotland to decide to put Scottish Water, our major public authority in the water industry, a highly successful company, into the same basis as uh, Network Rail is at the present moment, as a public company with the uh, ability to uh, borrow in the capital markets, unleashing, for example, much capital finance that can be used generally through the economy. Uh, the freedom to do these things uh, is part of the process and the recognition that there's been no better time in recent history than to have capital investments, and there may not be in the foreseeable future a better time in terms of cost and availability of capital for infrastructure to invest in the infrastructure of an economy. This is a, an opportunity which uh, should not go to waste as well as a, a means of stimulating and speeding recovery. So these are some of the obstacles that remain <coughs> to economic growth. But this uh, body <coughs> identified in a previous meeting that innovation it was something that was required in order to help drive the economy forward in Scotland. And therefore today I'm announcing a 20 million business innovation and growth programme which hopefully will do exactly that. This is accessing further European Regional Development Fund ERDF allocation. We anticipate that it will leave a further 30 million from public and first sector partners to deliver projects supporting economic growth and innovation throughout the, the country. The time, given the trends in the labour market, given some of the, the encouraging signs that we have, this is exactly the moment uh, to identify how to push further forward 
Whether that be, as we did last week, finding a way with local authorities to enable small companies in Scotland to participate fully in the drive against youth unemployment. Whether it be looking at some of the structural issues in terms of uh, an innovation fund to, to help us in that area, particularly with Indigenous companies uh, in Scotland. Whether it be unblocking and having the, the, the focus uh, to recognise what the key issues are as far as the financial sector is concerned and that transmission mechanism, when it's unblocking the, the route to, to, uh, to capital investment uh, in Scotland. Uh, these are moments, as the economy starts to recover, as the labour market shows these encouraging trends to drive forward. And what I can say on behalf of the, the ministerial team, and you've got a, a galaxy of them uh, assembled uh, here today, a first-team squad, of ministerial, I don't know what you call a collective noun for ministers. We have a cabinet of ministers here, uh, all making contributions to the debate as it unfolds. But what I want people here to understand is that this forum, established over the last few years, and the contributions that have been made have been hugely significant, whether it's been the youth employment uh, significance, whether it's been the capital availability, whether it's been female participation in the workforce, which I would suggest to you is one of the key ways that we can now enable the full productive potential of Scotland to be used if we can find ways to increase that participation rate, as I expect we can do. And one of the great available resources of Scotland currently not fully tapped, women's participation in the workforce. When all these things, which have been touched on and discussed by this, this forum, have been invaluable in giving us the ideas and the engagement which people like Angela Constance have taken forward to such practical and devastatingly positive effect as far as youth employment is concerned. But in all of these things, nothing, nothing is more important in my estimation uh, than the successes we're seeing in youth employment in Scotland at the present moment. Uh, so I thank you for your contribution. I look forward to hearing Ian's uh, uh, work in the, in the Commission because whatever success we're having, we can have a great deal more if we accentuate and drive forward the things that are working for Scotland. Thank you very much.